Hollywood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to CNET's Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate CNET length. Feeling better? A little bit. The voice sounds perfect. Yeah, You're it's back. better. And you should have heard her Friday. I drank did not sound that good so Friday. much tea. <laughs> That I think I maybe gave myself a little canker sore. We almost wanted Molly to do the podcast Friday just to hear her talk like this. What are you guys doing (laughs) up here? It was really weird. Maybe it was like stress. I don't know. I just woke up on Friday. I couldn't talk. You By Saturday, I could talk. I called in stress. The the, the entire world would like I had a bad day. I called in stress. We got some good stuff today with Yahoo doing a little hookup with the TiVo people. A few people emailed this to us. Yes, thank uh, over you the very weekend. much. Thanks for the thanks for the tips. Keeping us updated. Uh, according to the New York Times and we saw it on Slashdot as well, Yahoo and TiVo plan to connect their services to help differentiate themselves in their respective markets. So if you go to the link, there's a uh, there's a little TiVo section of Yahoo where while you're browsing Yahoo's TV listings, mm-hmm. and if you see something you want to record and you have a Series 2 TiVo, click and it re- sets it up to record. Which is awesome. You know, I would just like to say that in my continuing rant about why TiVo doesn't have the features that I want, I have been wanting to remotely program my TiVo for years. Years. I'm super excited about this. Um, in other news, TiVo users will, in coming months, be able to apparently um, view pictures that they've stored in Yahoo Photos on their TiVos, as well as local weather and traffic information from Yahoo. Wow. Now, I believe with Series 2, you've always been able to program your TiVo remotely. Yeah, I just have DirecTV one. Um, I don't think I can. Well, you got to hack it. Right. That's but, the thing. But Series 2, you can't hack. Or the DirecTV. You can hack the DirecTV one to become a Series 2. Oh. Uh, one, of the, one of the podcast listeners sent me the link how to do it. Oh, you should show me that later. I'm just lazy. It's um, not that hard, even. It also says, also later, I want to talk to you about HDTV and a HD recording DVR. Anyway, <laughs> Tom and I haven't had a chance to chat much this morning. Notably absent, according to the New York Times, notably absent from the deal is a way for TiVo users to watch video via Yahoo. Because you still, they still are going to have to stop you for the advertising the DM, DRM purposes from, oh, right. from streaming TiVo to the web. So in other words, you have to go set up your own Slingbox thing. Yes. If you want to be able to stream your TiVo programs onto the internet and watch them Correct. on your laptop. There are so far no no non-slingbox methods, and this does not apparently create one. Speaking of DRM... <laughs> we still are. Yeah, so is everyone, yes. actually. And Italy uh, is actually suing Sony over the rootkit that is installed uh, when you put a copy-protected Sony CD mm-hmm. in your computer, and if you have auto-run enabled... It automatically installs a rootkit yep. without your permission. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think that this is not the last of the lawsuits that we will see. In this fact, is just according the first, to yeah. Declan, uh, who interviewed a lawyer who said that, that indeed he also is preparing a class action lawsuit against Declan Sony. McCullough of Declan News.com. McCullough of News.com, whose story we will be mentioning in a moment. So Italy is already uh, suing over this. Declan says... Right. People in California are preparing class action lawsuits. Meanwhile, we also, yeah, meanwhile, go ahead. There appears to be even worse news about the rootkit. As if it wasn't bad enough that Sony essentially surreptitiously installs what a pro- a- amounts to a Trojan horse on your machine and won't let you uninstall it without breaking your CD-ROM drive. It apparently also phones home. On Slashdot, there's a story that says that Mark uh, from Sys Internals uh, this is the guy who originally discovered and blogged about the rootkit, by the way, Mark Rosinovich. Uh, he dug a little deeper into the DRM, discovered that it actually does call, make a call back to Sony with the ID 
of the CD that's being listened to. Now, it says here in the quote mm-hmm. that the player has a standard rotating banner uh, that connects. This is a quote from XCP support. Mm-hmm. The player has a standard rotating banner that connects the user to additional content. For instance, the artist's website or whatnot. More importantly, so the, banner s- the ads. player that is playing on your uh, Sony CD simply looks online to see if another banner is available for the rotation. That's right. all it does is what they say, which great. That's fine. Well, but that's what they say. Why should we believe them at this point? Well, and then what Mark says, Mark Rosinovich, is that it's in, it's actually sending back the CD ID, which they don't fess up to. Which I don't again, know. and again, if this know. was all it was, I wouldn't be that upset. I'd be like, ah, so they know, you know, so they're aggregating how many people play the CD. That's certainly interesting marketing information for them. Right. But I'd be mad if they didn't ask me for my permission. They to should get that ask you for the permission. It's they and, should have asked us for the it's permission. It's just icing on the cake All of the this way other thing. Board, well, exactly. they absolutely have to ask you for permission to install a rootkit on your machine. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> There's absolutely no question about that. Yeah. None. Um, yeah, this kind of goes on and on. And then I like to see, I always like to see the other companies get in the game and be like, we're not doing that. Oh, yeah. This is this story we about are EMI. We're way better. Uh, news.com has a story of EMI. Apparently, there was some scuttlebutt in some of the stories about Sony saying that other Companies may also have rootkits on their mm-hmm. copy-protected CDs. So EMI, the famous group that uh, screwed over the Sex Pistols, said, uh, we don't do it. We don't have any rootkits on our copy protection. Kit. Our copy protection is really easy. You can even uh, um, uninstall it and everything. Uh-huh. Except you know, that's a violation of the DMCA. But Right. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. But it says that they are not using the first four internet technology. So, But uh, if you didn't know, EMI is also installing DRM on your computer when you play CDs. Just yeah. FYI. I'm Which, not sure what kind of permission process it has when you install it. And most of these most of them most of these CDs now say copy protection on the front. And in fact, that's Sony's defense. It's like, hey, we said it's co- there's copy protection. It's just that they right. didn't say it was a rootkit spyware copy protection. Yeah, exactly. Just a little different. Uh, Universal Music Group, interestingly enough, was unable to provide comment in time for the News.com article. I see. So that's, that's not a judgment. Yeah, that's we don't just, mean we to. We don't know whether Universal has any, anything like this or not in their copy. cast aspersions. What I would say to EMI and um, anyone else, Universal Music, whatever, don't put out copy-protected CDs. Don't do it. If it means that you can't rip that CD to your PC or it's going to restrict where you might be able to play it. I mean, I think one thing that's getting lost here is that that copy protection on its own is almost ridiculously draconian. I think that the Amazon blurb said it best on the CD listing pages where it says it might not be able to be played in some car stereos. It might not be able to be played on a DVD player as a music CD. It might not even necessarily work when you try to rip it to your PC. I mean, that to me is just by itself also unacceptable. And the fact that most of these are so easy to get around. Even the Sony Rootkit one is extraordinarily easy to get around. And rip the and get. I mean, it's almost like the copy protection is useless against the people who are really the the people who you need to worry about. Well, exactly, and that's my point. Everybody else, though, is totally criminal criminalized, and then at the mercy of whatever software you concoct to try to protect your your profit. And I think that another thing that's come up often is we're, we're all mad at Sony, and we're all saying that we aren't going to buy Sony products anymore. These are mostly comments that I've seen in the column that I wrote in other columns, but. What we also need to do is be going to EFF.org and giving them money, and we need to be on Lessig's website reading about current copyright law, and we need to be agitating, calling congresspeople, and asking for a rewrite of current copyright law that allows for broad exemptions 
for personal use. And by broad exemptions, I do mean being allowed to give a copy of a song that you own to your friend. You need to roll back some of the, the stringent copyright protections that have been put in place. Giving people copyright protection 70 years after their death yeah. is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Let's, you know, we've talked a lot about this, but we got some really good comments both in, in voice and email. So yes. let's roll uh, the comment from RD. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to leave you guys a quick message. Um, thank you, Tom, for giving us the email address to write Sony. I want to let you know that I did write them um, I consider to be a very well thought out response. I carbon copied you, uh, you two on it, uh, so that you could read it and uh, possibly share it with your listeners if you found any any good points in it. Um, I'm absolutely livid and frightened by what's going on with uh, corporations such as Sony thinking that they can uh, circumvent laws and uh, the ideals of their customers to accomplish their goals. And um, I understand that they need to protect their profit ability and the rights of their musicians, but there's got to be another way. So catch you later. Thank you. And he did give us a very, a very well thought out. Uh, he did copy us on his very well thought out response. Yep. It is uh, very eloquent. Yeah. I would urge you to um, retool it and send it to your congresspeople as well yep. and talk about copyright. All right. Uh, also, uh, Peter in Hollywood Hello, Molly, Tim, Veronica. This is Peter in Hollywood. Just calling to say I agree with you that I think this DRM thing is insane and crazy and all the aspects of it, but I don't think it's really to curtail piracy, which you mentioned on a recent podcast. I think it's excuses piracy, or it wants to, these companies want to use piracy as an excuse to radically redefine the way people consume their content and seize more control than they traditionally were allowed to have. And uh, I think it's interesting also that the subscription-based services that use Microsoft's DRM, uh, while it doesn't really appeal to me, actually create a way of consuming your content that wasn't available before, that it's actually a creative use of DRM, although I still think DRM, by and large, sucks. And I think it'll be interesting also to see if maybe Sony absorbs some of the hate that's normally reserved for Microsoft, which I agree with you, is doing this weird reforming gig. Although, you know, Bill Gates has to be like the most hated man, and he always has been on the on the internet and in technology. But I just, out of curiosity, checked his foundation uh, information, and I found out they they have a twenty seven billion dollar endowment that he gave his own Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that fights malaria. I don't know buys poor kids computers I'm not really sure but they spent seven billion dollars doing it so you know way to be a person maybe Microsoft is becoming more Bill Gates like somehow I don't know have a good one bye bye okay (laughs) hey Tim after all of that you may have forgotten that he called me Tim at the beginning (laughs) which is a poke at me for accidentally forgetting Paul's name yeah 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 yeah. it's the Tim and Allie show yeah yeah With Verona saying, <laughs> um, but the uh, the Bill Gates thing is interesting. That is interesting. I also think the DRM thing is interesting because some people, after this Sony stuff first broke, some people speculated that Sony was maybe trying to kill the CD, and that maybe they are trying to basically redirect our music format to online. But I don't know. I don't know. Tom just shook his head. What? Who? I, it's all a conspiracy theory. And yes, piracy is anyway. the least of their concerns. It's all about control. It is about control, that, definitely. That's what I think. The reformist Microsoft, I think it's Melinda. Because I used to work for the Associated Press and I lived in Seattle. And at that time, this was years ago, 
like 98, 97. At that time, Bill Gates was well known, you should all know, for his stinginess when it came to philanthropic deeds. So she's softening him up. She is softening him up. It wasn't until after they got married that it was like the foundation. Then there were stories about how he would never give any money to charity. And at that time, he was saying that he wasn't going to leave his money to his kids because he didn't think you should inherit wealth. DGR has a good comment. He emailed us at some point. If Google does take over the office world, we're going to start to feel sorry for good old Microsoft. <laughs> if for no other reason than we love the underdog, no matter how arrogant and powerful they used, they to, be. used to be. That's a great quote. DGR. Very funny. Uh, Very funny. Also a note from Frank saying that Steve Gibson in his discussions about rootkits uh, with Leo Laporte mentioned that the rootkit does not install. Uh, the rootkit needs admin mode to work. Mm -hmm. So if you're uh, logged in in Windows in guest mode, which most people aren't. Most people are logged in in admin mode. But if you log in in guest mode, apparently the rootkit doesn't work at all. Interesting. That's an interesting Good point. to know. All right. Well, folks, the long day has finally arrived on <laughs> Many the, of you uh, have wondered. the Buzz Out Loud podcast. They couldn't keep us uh, allowing us to do this for free forever. So Cena gone and sponsored the podcast. But don't worry. It's not going to change how we do things, at least Molly, Veronica and I, or what we say. Uh, but please welcome our inaugural sponsor because they help us keep the computers running such as they are. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. All right, more stuff. Hong Kong BitTorrent guy got three months. Three months. Doesn't sound like very long, but three months? I don't want to spend that amount. Is it time. not in a Hong Kong jail either? In jail. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is interesting. This is the guy, we talked about him a couple podcasts ago, who was essentially the first to be convicted for um, copyright violation for using BitTorrent. So people are now going to, hey, this is, yeah. So mm -hmm. copyright to me seems like a civil thing. Fines are appropriate, mm -hmm. you know, but going to jail for three months in Hong Kong? Jail? Woo, this is getting serious. Yeah, folks. it says, it, there's a story in the standard that says, um, the Hong Kong court sent the message that unauthorized file sharing is just a severe crime here as any other form of software piracy. So you can go to jail for pir pirating software in Hong Kong also? Yeah, but I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, yeah. I mean, apparently you can. J that's and mean. <laughs> it's just mean. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mean to belittle intellectual property uh, rights. Right. I don't at all. In but fact, it does I, seem I to be. I think that there needs to be strong protections for them. But the protections that are in place are overdone and not really protecting the things that need to be protected all the time. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got some rumors here that you noticed about the, the Intel-based PowerBook coming sooner than we thought? I did, yes. Veronica well, just woke up. Veronica perked right up. She doesn't care about that poor guy going to the Hong Kong prison for three months, but PowerBooks? Hot diggity! According to rumor sites across the web, we can expect Intel-based PowerBooks and iBooks in the first half of 2006, what? according to... AppleInsider.com. Now, see, you're getting all excited, but we already had this talk about how we're not going to buy them because well, the first yeah. ones out of the gate aren't going to be any good. I know, but the sooner they happen, the sooner I can get it, regardless. She's totally going to buy it. I'm going to so buy it. I don't think this is going to This is not going to make it by Macworld, though, is it? Uh, no, no, probably not. No. Yeah. So, but Macworld's kind of over as the announce them, announce them point. They, he just, I mean, he, you know, he announces stuff at WWDC now, yeah. and they do now they do stuff in store. And there's always something at MacWorld, though. Yeah, there there's is always, always something, something at MacWorld, but the MacWorld keynote is not really the be-all end-all for product announcements. And that's like the second week of January. These days, the yes. right after CES, when you get all mm -hmm. the other announcements from everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's going to be an exciting month. I guess it is. January is. Yeah, it's going to be big. Is. 
It usually makes everyone regret all their uh, holiday presents. <laughs> what they're coming out with what now yeah all right couple of, let's get in should we get into the bits i believe pieces? we should uh yahoo Welcome has to a- the bits i think we need a little intro music for the bits <laughs> yeah can we, can we work on that <laughs> let's work on that yeah- anyway yahoo has erected a statue uh honoring the uh people who worked on yahoo mail the new version of yahoo mail these are the oddcast guys most mostly uh and and quote for beating gmail <laughs> so while google is just continuing to work on gmail yahoo is erecting statues of Man. an alpha geek uh in honor of the yahoo mail team i think the thing is it's really going to be hurtful if gmail ever um beats yahoo mail right and they have to take it down and the statue <laughs> looks kind of like a lego guy <laughs> You guys, that's really cute. Cute little war you got going there. All right, uh, adorable. The other, another bit that I saw is that the uh, um, this was on Boing Boing. You can send an email time capsule to yourself that will arrive one, three, five, ten, or twenty years in the future. <laughs> my problem is that I don't know if I have the same address yeah. that far in the future, and yes. my spam filter will probably catch it anyway. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> uh, a good email about Xbox three sixty um, that suggests that indeed the reader went to. Uh, an EB Games in Washington State and was told that only a quarter of the Xbox 360s that they had expected would actually be in stock. <gasps> so, Tom, you might be right. Maybe it is a deliberate just, restriction. Just pacing themselves. Just pacing themselves to they, create a deliberate frenzy. They're time. old and out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> they can't rush in. I understand this. <laughs> you need to pace yourself. <laughs> now, about this Felix, Philips AmbiX. Oh, yeah. This was on Slashdot. Um, Philips has announced AmbiX, a technology which is said to extend the gaming experience <laughs> out into the real world. Now, this isn't enough. This is vaporware. This is nothing yes. here yet. I want it. But <laughs> Veronica has already ordered one. Basically, uh, developed by the Surrey-based Philips AmbiX Group, it will take gamers a step closer to getting outside. Ah, full nice. sensory experience the light, ability to use light color, color sound heat airflow oh, can adjust the lights in your room fans heaters so we're going to go from little consoles and sony psps to like full hvac systems that yeah. you have to buy to get the proper right. gaming experience. my skin's going to go translucent eventually <laughs> <laughs> this is like smell-o-vision for the for the 22nd century. Hilarious. That's about you when have we'll some see kind it. of like UV tanning light. So I like don't completely. <laughs> yeah. IV drip. Away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like that it sounds a little bit suspiciously like Ambien. The, um, yeah. Sleeping medicine. Yeah. Weird. Uh-huh. Jason in Philadelphia wrote and tipped us off that Office Max seems to have beat Walmart to the $300 computer. Beat in. Uh, they, well, if you're an American, also, which a, I am. A short correction, actually, is that uh, Walmart was going to have a $398. Would be would have been a $400 PC. And, However. And Jason says they got a $300 one. Indeed. We looked at the link he sent at slickdeals.net, which if you don't know it, seriously, check it out. They have great deals on everything. One day they had $9 shoes at Amazon. <laughs> oh, I went And when crazy. she says everything, she means everything. Yeah, everything. Not just technology. Uh, but indeed, it uh, looks like an HP Pavilion for $299 shipped. And it was in the circular yes. of of the Office Max on Sunday, not online. So if you go to Office yeah. Max and search for it, you can't find it. We had to do we had to follow the link. However, it sounds like shipping is $100. But then you have to buy it in store anyway. But then so. you have to buy it in store only. So it's a little confusing. Anyway, check it out. Anyway, seems like Office Max has a deal there. Mm-hmm. 
we'll, we'll keep a, we'll keep looking at that. I'm and then serious. Kyle wrote and said uh, we were talking about CBS having shows added to the iTunes database, and we couldn't think of any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe uh, I wasn't here for that. Hello, Survivor. Kyle oh, wrote in to say whatever. CSI. Okay. Without a trace. I like Lawn Survivor, better. as Molly just said. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned Letterman. He mentioned Letterman. But don't spoil Survivor for me because I'm saving all of them on my TiVo and then I'm going to have a marathon leading up to the finale. You know what happens? <laughs> One of them stays on the island or wherever they are. <laughs> How good you? I asked you not to spoil it. Uh, I believe we have one phone call left. We do. We do. And we think it's from Lowell. Lowell. But we're not sure of his name in Indiana. Hey, Tom Molly. This is uh, Law from Indiana. I was just calling regarding uh, something Molly had mentioned on the show uh, a couple days ago, sometime last week, regarding having to uh, update the firmware on her mini iPod. I recently just got a iPod with video, and uh, it dr- the battery drained all the way down, and I went to uh, recharge it on my computer. The computer would not recognize the uh, USB device, and I uh, decided not to charge it. So I had to use the uh, adapter to plug into a wall, which I did happen to buy, and that was the only way I can charge it. I can charge it on my computer. So you're, whether you need to uh, char- plug it into the wall to update the firmware or not, I don't know. But if you're in that situation and you didn't buy a wall adapter, you're kind of out of luck. So they definitely should include it with the, uh, with the new iPod, a wall adapter for it. So that's my... Uh, that's all I have to say. Thanks. Bye. You know, I, I agree. There's almost, there's just no excuse for me at this point. You're everyone who buys a new iPod is really going to have to buy the power adapter because you're talking about power for crying out loud. If you're selling electronics, give them power. Apple. Yeah. It's just, come on. I don't mean to belabor this issue, but especially with Apple's battery issues. Yes. Come on. Well, and with it, the unreliability of recognition, especially on windows machines. As you can tell, folks, the conversations are heating up. We got lots of emails coming in. We got lots of calls coming in. We appreciate it. It's great. It makes the show better. So join in, buzz at CNET.com or call us at 1 800 616 CNET. Me and Tim want to hear what you have to say. Yep. Allie's right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. New York Times. Do, do, do. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>